golfer. But you anyway, I only are. learned what ick meant like a, about a month ago. I only learned what POV was a couple of months ago. Point of view. Yeah. What do you think it meant when people said well, it? Well, it, people started posting it on TikTok, didn't they? POV. And Pov. I was like, what is POV? And then I only found out because Ben put it on a video and I was like, what does the POV stand for? Because you can't just Google POV. I think you probably could. Well, I didn't. You can. Well, so. anyway, Joe, welcome to the podcast. Oh, yeah. There was a do you want to give us your too. elevator pitch? Oh, God. Elevator pitch. First and foremost, to be on a podcast, I've said no for a long time to many people. So we are I very think, lucky. I think I said no to you about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I'd say like a elevator pitch. I guess what I do. So obviously I know you guys because I've got a marketing company and mm. and we look after all your paid stuff. So we've got that side of things, and then investing in e-commerce brands and and different kind of e-commerce stuff is, is kind of where where I'm at. And I I never ever do podcasts ever. So you are. We are blessed with your your uh, yeah, your grace. There's no green room. There's no refreshments. We're, and you're about 15 minutes late. Well, we're, in, we're, from that. we're in Pornhub Central today. If you're, if you're wondering why the set is a little bit different. I you have to take off really the, like, the yeah. blankets off the, off can, the seats. Can I ask why you've, why, why'd you turn down podcasts? I just like to be incognito. So it's interesting because we're in a world here, right, where everyone you probably have on, on here, or most people you have on here have got social media and, and they're doing content mm-hmm. and grafting on that, where I'm the complete opposite. I'm got a private account I don't think I've posted in a year and a half and I just like being incognito and I feel I feel like I will do it at some stage potentially but I need to have something big to start to say and I'm, I'm just not but you know a lot about the the industry that we that yeah. we are in because yeah. you work I suppose on the industry not not in the industry yeah, so yeah, to speak. yeah it's just and also the other side of things like you guys on social media and the, the vulnerability that you guys have and getting hammered all the time that, that you guys both, I'm just not interested in that. I'll end up yeah. having a tear up. Like. I feel like you, you've got one of those very blase attitudes to where you'd yeah. be able to shrug it off. Like you. Yeah, yeah, most probably. I'm just, I'm the other side of the brand. And, and again, it's, it's really interesting from my perspective because obviously I see you guys and, and I'm sure there'll be a discussion point on this podcast at time about being, you know, the face of a brand and, and personal branding versus not. And, you know, I know you guys that, that are amazing and you've obviously the face of your brand with the podcast and, and everything else you see. But I've also got friends who have got, you know, massive fitness brands where they're not the faces at all and they're, they're behind the scenes. I just yeah. prefer being the incognito. I think I've always had this kind of one weird goal in, in e-commerce world, which is which is a little bit weird potentially, is like, you and I could be sitting having a coffee somewhere, you know, in London or wherever mm. in the world, and, and there's a product that I'm behind or I'm associated with or I've created, and we're sitting there, and let's say it's a pair of sunglasses, someone's wearing them, and just even if they're ultimately slagging them off to their mate right next to me and they have no idea that I'm the one behind that, I think that's the kind of thing that, that I like. I think, for me, actions speak, speak louder, and I was saying to, to my Lucy, my, my other half yesterday, I was like, oh, I'm going on this podcast. She was like, why, how, how has someone convinced you to go on a podcast? <laughs> I said, I kind of just said, yeah, on a whim and couldn't back out. But I was like, I, I don't feel like I have, I don't feel like I'm at the stage, I feel like I'm at the beginning of my journey. Yeah. Even though I've done all the things that, that, that I've done, I feel like I'm at the beginning and I'll come out kind of from probably doing more podcast stuff when, when, I, when I've done a lot more, so. The, the beginning of your journey in what sense? So like I'm you being more. Probably entrepreneurship and pro- stuff like oh, that. Oh, I put that, okay, that seems weird to me because you've already, in my eyes, you've done so much. Yeah, I just feel like I haven't scratched the surface for me. Wow. But then maybe it's a whole, you know, vulnerability issue and, and all sorts of things. But do you think that with modern businesses now as well, that personal brand is 
important to every business so because if I did a personal brand with S, the SV brand, the, the marketing company, it would be so much easier to grow it. I'm well That's aware I mean. of that. Because like you look at people like Amazon, Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs, Jobs Stephen Bartlett, Apple, what, Steve Ball, Social yeah. Chain, and, and I, I remember Social Chain when, ben it was, when it was here has gone up. But that's a different world. So you, you kind of got the marketing world and then you've got the brand world. I feel like the brand world is, I'm, I'm a lot more fan of the public figures in, in that world. Like Ben Francis is, a, you know, a goat. And he's, I mean, he's, what, is he even 30 yet? 30, he's is he? just turned 30, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, wasn't phenomenal. Ste- Stephen Bolt was running Social Chain, there wasn't Social it? Chain, yeah. And he's obviously grown up and, and, and built that to where it was and then exited. And now he's got uh, the podcast, yeah. which you two are sitting behind the scenes on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so excited, you know. I'm, I'm very yeah, actually really cool. excited to meet him because he's one of the people that with our podcast, you can look up to him. Because he's done really, really well. I think even this past week has been very inspirational to us because like going to see Stephen's podcast tomorrow... Obviously, friend. having the podcast with Joe. Yeah, yeah with you that, that was that, that should have been that was that was going to be my first thing you said. First thing you said. was going to be my last point and the most important point. Number two was going to be our friend that we've had on twice. Chris Wills was on yeah, Joe Rogan, Rogan yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah. What? That's unbelievable. That is, I, how did he oh, do that? I remember watching it. So he, he was sitting in Newcastle because the old brand that I had as well was was Totem, the clothing brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chris was a part of that. And then he started podcasting just from his front room. I remember, I think he broke his leg and he was, do, he was just chairing out loads and loads of it's episodes. It's an amazing story. And then he, just, he used to have his friends around just doing the podcast. And then he was like, he kind of had that, I think, moment where he's like, I'm going to go all in on it. And then that's where he really kind of like spent money on the project in terms of the setup himself. He went out on like a whim. And I think a lot of people, when he first started doing it, some people are like, what are you doing? And I think that's one one of my weaknesses is I go, if I've got to do it, it's got to be perfect. And I come from a world where telling everyone, don't wait till everything's perfect, go for it. And you look at a lot of it, Ben Francis, who else have you had? You've had like James Smith on here who's posting for for Yonks and Yonks. I'm sure you two had the Mm -hmm. same kind of situation. Chris never met him, obviously had the same situation. So you've got to start somewhere. Maybe I'm just lazy. It's probably more just that. The, the perfectionist card, though, can also be the procrastination Massively, card. massively. And I tell everyone, don't wait till things are perfect. So it's, it's, I'm kind of falling short of my own advice because I'm like, if you wait till it's 100%, you're missing out on so much. Like sometimes it's, it's just good to go when things are 70%. Even with Chris, though, like he made another step and you could see logically why he was doing it. He moved to Texas literally, I think, under under a year ago. But he knew in his head what he was doing. He knew the end goal was just to get in Rogan, exposure to the podcast, meet guests like Huberman, Jocko, kind of get to that. We've got an office in Texas. Texas is a a humongous place, but it is a Still never took us yet. Say that again. Still never taken us. (laughs) You're welcome (laughs) to come whenever. I'm there in November. Come along. Um, Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to go to an event out there. Well, I mean, you're paying for your own flights and everything yeah. like that. But as long as you can be there. Um, as long as I'm, I'm like 80% sure I'm there. I think Lucy's coming as well. So you probably should come. So we'll have a good crack. She's never been there before. So my Texas, behalf. I've never been. I'd love to go to Texas. But it's a, it's, a, it's a humongous place that's also a small place. It's really weird. Especially, you know, you look at like Austin and stuff like that, how it's grown. So it makes complete sense to him. And, you know, he's obviously got... Got got the the kind of courage to just go boom. I'm going out there. I'm going to go and take this thing as a as a as as far as I possibly can. So maybe it is just that I'm, la- <laughs> I'm it's, lazy. It's, I think it's very brave as well in terms of a lot of people look at it as he's what 34, 35. No idea. Quite late on to probably make 
a move uh, like that in your I, career? I had certainly had this chat with this the, a guy, I, I say a kid, and it sounds disrespectful, but he's like 23 and he, he wants to move in the in the world of like uh, like music labels and stuff like that. And he's his whole thing is he's panicking about the fact that he's 23, 24, and he should have done this and that. And I just, you look at some of like massive successes and they're starting when they're like mid-30s. I don't believe that there's a big rush to kind of do these things and stuff like that. And I think that's, um, you know, you ping me some questions and you're about entrepreneurship, and mm-hmm. which is a word I hate. I, f- I think with the, with like the, the, the 18s to, to 25s, there's just this massive rush to be ahead. Me. And it's just... I'm 25. Yeah. Yeah, but and, and at the same breath, and you're an amazing role model, but you are you are an exception to someone who has done amazingly well. Do you know what I mean? And, and mm. this is where, like, the 18-year-olds to kind of the, like, 24, 23-year-olds 20, that I've been speaking to, they're in such a rush to get There's to where they're going. It's, yeah, and it's, you know, it's all these things that we talk about, and this is another reason I'm not big on social media. I, I understand the downside of it, and I don't, as well as not wanting to put that on others, I don't want to fall into that, yeah. that, that trap, because I could, because I'm vulnerable too. But there just seems to be a massive rush to do things. Someone creating their success at, you know, 33, 34... 30 years ago, we'd have said, wow, that's young. Yeah, here we And now it's like, you, you, everyone's rushing. It's, it, it baffles me why everyone's completely and utterly rushing. I definitely think it's social media, though. Oh, yeah, because categorically. Because I started when I was 17, 18. So I, I've oh, been doing this for like five, six years. I, I feel like, oh, I should be more ahead. And it's, I think you, it's from when you start and what you're seeing, what you're experiencing. Yeah, yeah, and who you're around, media. right? Same thing of, of me, I'm like... I haven't done anything yet, but then some people that I'm around is like, I'm going, oh my, how the hell did, how the hell are you even doing that? But you're an exception. Also, you, you're, I, I know your age, but I remember when I found out your age, I was like, wow. Yeah. I didn't think that I thought you were, you're emotionally older. He's emotionally like a child. <laughs> yeah, I always will be. No, it's not a bad thing. Never, never grow up, mate. Never yeah, grow up. That's that why is, that that is the same. But it's a scary world where there's such a rush in order to, to create success and what is success and, I was probably part of that craze as well. Like, you know, I went into quote-unquote entrepreneurship at a young age and I was like, you know, I'm going to, you know, when I hit this financial goal, this financial goal, this financial goal, and it's, it's, a, it's a trap that's... Yeah. You get to a goal and the goalposts move again. Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's, inter- just, it's an interesting metric, though, of, like, wh- what you value because just because something is... I mean, just because something is difficult to get doesn't mean it's valuable. Yeah. No, definitely. And it depends what... I think as me, I'm 32. And people say that I'm like an old man, so I'm probably more like 75. But it's, it's what... It's what you, like my whole... My mid-20s was all financial goals. And now I'm like... I struggle with doing things that don't have an actual impact and things like that. And I don't mean that in like the popular kind of word that it is, but it's like, what kind of what are we all doing these things for? And I was... I come from a world that like... Seven years ago, my whole goal was just financial, 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 financial. And things slowly change and, and, and stuff like that. So it's a strange, it's really a crazy world. And I think, yeah, you're completely right. Social media is just, it's, it's got so many good sides, social media, that it can do good. But it's, it's got so many and probably more things in terms of the negative output. Um, that what the day that I can delete all social medias and go off the grid is the day I've made You're it done. for me personally. I feel like a lot of people made that transition though, don't they? they? They crave the attention, which is obviously good for business, and just validation from other people. 
at a certain point in their life and then that slowly fades off and people's priorities and what they value change as they get into later life we want more 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 and then we want less yeah. simplicity as we get it's we get older it's awareness as get well back right? in the caravan back in the woods yeah, get camping. it's awareness as well because i could sit here and say how social media and i want to delete it but then i can think of loads of re- my relationship with my other half lucy i, I would not have if it's not for social media that's how she met me, DMing me. Yeah, I remember. No, it's Absolutely. not. I, I met you yeah. Yeah. Oh, I met you at a physical event. Yeah, only after like you peppered me on DMs yeah. for months. Never. I had to contact Instagram Please. just to hide your account. Did you know when I first... Yeah, it was a big no, ick. No, I was not an ick. <laughs> it was. You had a lot, you, of, you had a lot of ground to make up. There was because he messaged me and he was like, hey, do you want like a magnum? Oh. You did. You messaged me when we met up in London. Hey, do you want to just pop around for a magnum? No, we were And I was like, no, I don't want to pop around for a magnum. We were walking down the street after a night out. I said, do you want to come back to mine for a white magnum? Yeah, weird though. And I was obviously uh, like, I, I don't <laughs> no. know what age of this podcast so I'm not going to make any jokes alongside that. If we're on a Zoom call, there'll be all sorts yeah. coming out now yeah. and all sorts of photos. So yeah, social media is, is amazing and can be amazing. It's, it's, it's a really fine line and it's the self-awareness of it. And I, I don't know what the answer is. People ask me, you know, if you had a kid, would you let them have social? We had this conversation and, before. And I would, but then would, what do you do is... Because you don't want them to miss out, but you don't want them to go into like the kind of... It, it's such a hard subject to, to kind of talk about because it has got so many goods, yeah. but it has got so many bads. So we, we literally just had that conversation. So the one thing that I disagree with is where the parents create an Instagram account for their baby and they're yeah, growing up and they stuff. get a lot of followers. But then by the time they get to maybe 10 or 12 and they realise they've got 50, 100,000 followers, they might not want it, but you've already... Yeah, I yeah. think parents think they're doing the right thing by doing that, like giving uh, them a career. But, but I don't. I personally just don't agree with that. I would look at like the deeper reasoning behind why the parent is doing that. Because are you nurturing like a baby or a bank account? Because are, are they really doing it for the child, or are they doing it knowing full well they're yeah, go, I mean. they're going to be able to monetize this human being through the social media? It's a page. hard one though, because I mean I don't have kids to be clear, and. I think if I was to go and have kids, I, I'm the type of person that would then go and seek out all of the advice yeah. I possibly could, learn everyone's mistakes, learn everyone's everything I possibly can. So it's a hard thing because for me, if I have a, a, a child, I just want them to have opportunities. You could argue that having that is an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of like there's not a one-size-fits-all approach with it. I think it comes case by case, but it's a really hard world to navigate as an adult, let alone as a, yeah. as a teenager and anything else. I think, I, sorry, I maybe to... though, because we have social media and we've received hate before, I wouldn't automatically want my kid to go through yeah, but that. We've had more positive through social media than negative. So. Yeah. But I, for me personally, I would just have the child like on my channels and showing it on my channels yeah. because it just be part, like we document a lot of our life anyway. So it'd just be a part of that. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hide it, but I wouldn't, give it its own social social media plays. I'd just be it, let it be more kind of natural. Yeah. Or, do you know it's what I mean? Hard, it's hard. But it's hard. Yeah. I, th- I think, did we cross paths because of social media? Uh, I, I um, remember where, exactly where I was standing on our first phone call. I was literally to Cal this morning saying, I was working in a supplement shop. I just quit the police. And I booked in for a five or ten minute phone call with like one of your... What were they called? Was it was me. Was that? Was oh you? no! You hang on. Me? I remember our first call. That was the old company, wasn't it? Like 2014, the, the maybe. Group one. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't remember that one. Well, I that did. went wild though. <laughs> that went like wildfire. That, that. Did it? Yeah. Just um, we just. I was playing FIFA in my boxes, and I just remember being like, "Why don't we do a 50 pound membership group?" And 
I love that group, you know, oh, it was great. We just, it just went crazy, like... Sorry, so people probably this. still don't fully understand our relationship, but this is where we'll kind of yeah. delve into it. Joe, your company, and you do, do all the marketing for the MyCode school. Yeah, so we do paid media stuff, so like Facebook ads, TikTok ads, and Google ads, and all that kind yeah. of stuff, and that's how we... How, well, actually, we met on my last business, which mm. was like a a membership group which was £50 a month and it was kind of an educational yeah. thing in terms of marketing, which went crazy at the time. But yeah, I, I, I can't remember the first call on that, but I remember the call when we, we then closed that down and then I think there was, I don't know if you were still using it or not because we emailed everyone to say, look, this is closing down and people just weren't cancelling their payments yeah. for months. It was it was really good though. I think the reason why it was really good because at that time and even still now, personal trainers don't know how to market yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. And that was, for me, it was like the little gold mine of learning. So I learned so we much We tried to course. do it a bit different as well, like fully transparent and like the whole personal trainer world back then was kind of these marketing gurus, you know, with, you know, multiple thousand dollar pound courses and stuff. And yeah. we're like, look, Neil created a successful fitness company just from kind of, I guess, being a tech geek in, in, in all the good forms. I built a successful fitness company yonks ago now in terms of just being a people person and getting out on the road and speaking mm -hmm. to people and stuff like that. So we kind of accidentally made that, but it just went crazy. And then from there, it led to to other brands that we work with, like, you know, Body Power and stuff like that. And then from there, we kind of exited that world and, and, and moved on to where we are now. So it was a crazy ride. But yeah, so you, I forgot. You, you ran, I think you, you rang me in 2014. I was working at a supplement shop in a market. So what's... How would you describe Birkenhead Market, Carl? Like, <laughs> Can't say that. <laughs> it's just got a lot of like, chewing gum on the floor. Yeah, chewing, yeah, chewing like, on the really, floor. Okay, that probably describes yeah, it quite really. well. And I was standing in the market, and I remember you ringing me. It was like a 10-minute conversation. Would you call like accelerator calls or something like Did that? Did you anyway. pay for it? No, it was a free one. Free one. And you rang me, you went over mm -hmm. stuff. And then we probably didn't speak again for another two or three years. Because I was just doing customer service. Yeah. Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I couldn't afford you. So because I was only just starting my personal training. But you came then. in the fifty pound group. Came in the fifty pound group, yeah. Did you know Lucy then? No. Oh wow. No. I met you quite briefly after though, because you eventually said to me you need to start watching these videos. I started with Ben in twenty eighteen. Yes. Dating or MCS stuff? Both. Both, really. Oh, wow. That, that, so, trust, that trust was quick. Yeah, it was very. Tough your boss. Um, <laughs> but no, I remember Ben help. being like, "You need to watch these videos," and it was you or Neil talking, it was both. and it was I was so sat there just trying to learn. To but it was good, just rough made, to I think go. that's why they were good. There was no special camera. It they was were just brilliant. They were really, iPhone really good. And, or, or screen shares and stuff like that. So yeah, we obviously met then, and then I think a few years later, uh, we like we moved into a world of the done for you stuff and. I remember you, I remember someone, I remember Teresa, who's our head of ops, being like, you need to get back to this Ben guy. I was like, oh yeah, crap, I need to get back to him. Because you chased a couple of times, which is the worst, again, customer service yeah. ever, right? <laughs> Everyone in sales would be like, you've got to speak to your lead straight away, da, da, da. And then we spoke on the phone for like 30, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I didn't realise that you had obviously gone on to the MCS and I remember you telling me how many members you had and I was just like, oh yeah. wow, it's, you've, you've flipping absolutely smashing it. And then the rest is history, as they say. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Why did you shut it down if it was doing well? Uh, just kind of got bored of it. Just oh. just moved on to the next kind of generation of, of of what we wanted to do. I think there was probably, I think there was probably a little bit of greed. Like we again, we go back to that goal post conversation. We built that really well, and we were just like, oh, sod it, let's just go on to the next thing. Because then we were, you know, working with Body Power, which at the time and 
body powers, whatever's happened with body powers ha- happened, but at the time it was the massive body powers like literally the bi- it's for anyone like, who hasn't been like Jim Shark were like yeah. first there, yeah. like the biggest fitness event in the UK. Uh, yeah, so we, we I think we just kind of got okay, we'll do that. Well, then you're working with some other big brands and stuff, and we're like, oh, let's just leave this small fry, which was a mistake in hindsight. It was definitely a mistake because that was a really good community, and, and in order to build pretty much any brand these days communities everything of where mm-hmm. it's at um like there's it's hard to to ex- describe a brand that's successful where it doesn't have a community yeah. attached to it so we probably in all honesty should have should have held on to it so probably greed more than anything just mm-hmm. you know ego we were you know young and and hungry and just go oh, so we'll go on to the next thing and and all this kind of stuff the flex life yeah. I, remember, I remember seeing neil put something up and um i think it was like his what car did he have and yeah, so, yeah, but, but and that's all. Do you know what I mean? He had Aston Martin and and the castle and yeah, and all that stuff. And if he it does was, kind of play into that businessy kind of yeah. vibe that you're creating, because I remember when we first came down to the the castle, yeah, it yeah. was cool. Yeah, it was a cool place. But I think in the same aspect, and I don't want to talk for Neil or anybody, and, and but he'd say in himself, he was like, "What? Like you took speak to him now about the, that that the time he got the Aston Martin and stuff like." He was like, "What the hell did I go through there?" Do you know what I mean? The reality of the story is debt and 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 credit card in it, and then the, the engine blew up and he didn't have it insured and all these different things. So it, you kind of um young and, and get caught up in the in that kind of circle, which probably thinking of it now and speaking freely is scarred me from in terms of, of going out forwards because it's like, oh well, this is what actually mm-hmm. exists. And you also like for, from my perspective, I get to see the behind of a lot of these big social media kind of shows uh, and uh and not all the time but a lot of the time it's it's a little bit disingenuous it's a highlight reel it's not the actual of it so you know if i think if i did something it would have to be super authentic and most probably in today's age that would just be so boring so it's it's a it's a it's it's a really I, I haven't worked out how i would do it in a way that i would feel comfortable with with doing it that's that's one main reason why I've because we've talked about doing podcasts ages ago, and I was like I, I don't I don't want it to be another business podcast where we just get people on and talk about the success yeah. stories and mm. and all that kind of stuff. I so it's interesting. I think that's a big thing though is authenticity, and we've been like this before for podcasts is huge because you can't bullshit something for like two or three hours on a podcast. You just no. can't do it. But I think those kind of content channels will be the ones that last. Like you see a lot of people and you will see a lot of people with social media who had this real spike and peak with success, but then where are they in kind of a year? But then there's some people who you will look in the fitness industry who've been around for 10 years and they've always been there. They may not have had these real big spikes that some people have had, but they've been successful all the, all the way through. And that's that kind of thing of being consistently good instead of occasionally it's also great. Con- consistently grafting, right? It's, from my experience of my journey and then also from working with people, it's quite it's quite easy to to get a peak and then take your foot off a gas and, and kind of think, oh, I'm done now. But I think a lot of what happens in six months to a year is the things you're doing today. Yeah. And we often forget that. So something amazing will happen today and we've got all this momentum and, and I once worked with a, with, with a business coach and he always used to bang on about momentum, momentum, momentum. Like that was it. He was like, any aspect of your business, you just need to gain momentum on it. And that's the first kind of, that's the hard thing. Once you have momentum, it goes. So it's easy to get to a level and then take your foot off the gas because everything's going really swimmingly well and not realise, and, and this is me talking from experience, I've done this, that what you were doing six months to a year ago actually paves 
paves the way for, for this moment now. Mm-hmm. It's not what you did yesterday paves the moment for now. So it's, it's easy to fall off. But the people that are on top, majority of them, they're grafters behind the scenes. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, and this is the other thing with entrepreneurship that's so, such a glorified subject now. It's, it's graft. Um, and you have to graft and you and you know it's an important message that we have to show from behind the scenes I think is is that it is hard work and you have to work hard at it it's not just a an easy ride that a lot of people on socials try to show that it is I think obviously a great example for that is our freaking app launch we fucking propped up the camera and we were in tears like we were just like this is this is shit. Like we feel, we're not going to be like, yeah, don't worry, we're launching. We were absolutely gutted and you couldn't, we couldn't go on social media and be fake about that because we, 14 months, six months, four, it was just awful, wasn't it? And the whole it's, It is awful, but at the same time, it's reality. Because yeah. obviously I was, you know, helping you guys out back then and I, and I try and jump on as many of your calls as I can. And, and it was an important time to support you as, as friends as, as well as clients. But and I remember all the stress happening and I remember being in tears and stuff. And I remember just being to guys, this is just the journey. This is yeah. what it is. I, I could tell you a thousand stories like that that's yeah. happened to, to loads of people. But it's important in that moment to show the authenticity for sure because you want to show other people, especially if you've got people like you, Lucy, you've got a lot of people that look up to you. And I think it's important. That, that's a, for me, that would be a lot of weight on my shoulders. But mm. what happened with your app launch is just part of the story. That's, that stuff happens all the time and mm. you have to be authentic with it but also it shouldn't be a surprise that that stuff happens to us I don't think that, but again like you don't see it happen that much in terms of people aren't showing those parts so that like, when it happens you're like fuck this doesn't happen to anyone else yeah, why, like why is it happening to us. me why is it why <laughs> is we, it we, why? We know, not to name names but we know people between yeah. us that it's happened to yeah. and you've just and it's just brushed under Fizzled the carpet yeah, because yeah. I don't want an L on my record it's, yeah. it's that kind of mindset there's no judgment. I've done that before. I'm sure you guys have done it before. I've swept plenty of stuff <laughs> yeah. under the carpet. Don't you worry. So I couldn't judge someone on, on who does that because I've done it plenty of times before. But it happens. It happens left, right and centre. So it, it kind of in, in, in some aspects is what it is. But if you saw that stuff happening more, it would probably emotionally make you more prepared for when it doesn't. Yeah. If I put a quote up yesterday on my story. I think it was on the micro school page about the people who you inspire to be or motivate you are the people who've just failed more times than, than you are. Potentially, yeah. There's, and obviously, there's a lot more to it, but if you, the, the moral of the story is, like, if you want to be that person, be successful, that person's probably failed a lot of times before they got to that position. Yeah, and it, I know you, you, at some stage you want to segue into to jiu-jitsu, which is obviously I'm a jiu-jitsu nut. It, yeah. I remember getting frustrated in, in... I'm still a baby in jiu-jitsu. I'm a, a blue belt, but I remember... Where's that? Sorry, just for people... So that white, know. blue, uh, purple, brown, black... So an average from white to black is like 10 to 12 years. So it's a long time. I think karate is like two years, maybe three really? years. Sorry for karate people if I've got that wrong. But also, karate is not as good as jiu-jitsu, so we just make sure we get that across. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, it's the same thing. Like, you know, I, I remember getting frustrated and my friend Trent, who, who's a purple belt, helped me immensely in my white belt days. was just like, look, the only difference between a black belt and you is they've tapped a thousand more times. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sweet. That, 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 that frame of mind is is kind of everything that it is. And to segue into jiu-jitsu is probably why I like it. You, you can't really have an ego or hide in jiu-jitsu. It is what it is. If you walk in a gym with a blue belt on or a purple belt on and you haven't earned that, you, you'll get found out in seconds, in absolute seconds. And that's something that we don't have in... It, it's, so hard, it's so easy to kind of 
um, fake it in entrepreneurship in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, it that's a, another reason of why you know I like jujitsu so much is because you just can't you can't hide you can't fake it. It is what it is. That's the thing with social media. With it's the it's like one of the only places with both entrepreneurship and whatever else you want to put on there and perceived other people. It's the only place where you can put wherever you want without any repercussions. Yeah. You know, like with BJJ, you're not going to get a slap or a whack or yeah, a, yeah. a choke out if you do something wrong or do something stupid. And I think that's a tough thing sometimes. Yeah, it's hard. It's not moderated. No, and yeah. In in many, I mean, they say it's moderated, but it's not in many aspects. And it's, yeah, I've seen some interesting things behind the scenes of of socials. It, it's, and that's where it probably needs to clean up its act a little bit. But, you know, then a lot of people will say, what about freedom of speech and things like that? So it's... I'm glad it's not my problem to solve. (laughs) Just put it that way. How did you get into BJJ? So BJJ for me was actually the way I got into it. We just had had a joke about it was my, I joined a gym to to do boxing and uh, I kind of was into it a bit, boxed for for plenty of years. And my other half started jujitsu in the gym. Lucy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't. She's kind of had, she's, she's having a, a three-year break right now from <laughs> jiu-jitsu. But she started it, and I just remember in the gym being like, all the lads who obviously did jiu-jitsu were like, why aren't you doing it, why aren't you doing it? Neil started jiu-jitsu, I say Neil, like he's there. He, he did it how would you Quickly, how would you describe Neil? An almond. He, he used to have the nickname as Meatball, but he's cleaned up his act <laughs> these days. Uh, yeah, he's the IQ, and I'm the EQ is the easiest way to say it. Explain. What's the EQ? EQ is emotional intelligence, so, you know, you can speak to people. Where IQ is, you know, his IQ will be off the absolute chart. But social situations... So smart, isn't he? Yeah, but social situations is not his bag. But that's he knows that. And yeah. that's also... So, Neil's my business partner. That's why we work so well together. Yeah. It's because his weaknesses are my strengths and mine. I mean, I'm not stupid, but he's so IQ up there yeah. and analytical and stuff like that. My weaknesses are also a kind of his complete skill set. Mm. Um, so it's why we work so well together. It's why we always clash as well. Not always, but often we'll clash, but I think it's healthy. Mm. Um, so yeah, but he, he started it before me and I used to hammer him for it. In the castle, actually. What, because he... What, we used to have jiu-jitsu mats in the castle. Were they there when you came? Yeah, yeah, yeah for were. Yeah, so he just started there. it and I... I didn't... I, I'm, I probably did the British thing. I didn't understand it. So I, I just like completely sort of dismissed it. Yeah. yeah. And he did it for a good kind of year. And then when uh, I moved, I joined a gym that just did it. I didn't go to, to do it at the gym. And my other half started. So I was like, well, I need to get on this train because Neil's doing it. Your miss is going to start fucking you up. Yeah, that, there was the issue of that. But I do remember one of my like first classes, I remember doing it with, and there's a, uh, one of our coaches called Joanna. And she's, she, she must be like 50, 55 kilos, black belt. Um, and I remember it was kind of the end of a class. You do the classes, and for the first six months of jiu-jitsu, you have no idea what's going on. And then at the end, you do, like, you roll together. So, you know, you fight, I guess, in some aspects. And I remember her being like, I'll go with you. And I just remember being like, do I go easy on her? And all this stuff. <laughs> oh, she just tied me in knots. And that's it's so humbling. She's 55 kilos, and, you know what I mean? At the time, I, I come from a world of... I come from, like, a background of boxing for a part of time, and it just... She absolutely tied me in pieces. You can't hide it. You like literally tie like arm bars here, arm bars there, and it was just like if it's crazy. Like if you come down and this is the you know if you come down tomorrow and come and have a roll, the thing that is so humbling is that you're an absolute lump and a strong geezer, 
someone half your weight who, you who has, you know, who's experienced in jiu-jitsu would just put you wherever they want you to be. I thought there's some crazy people who do it as well. Who was the guy who was on Rogan the other week? Did you watch the, the do you see that, Carl? Someone on Rogan the other week who did BJJ or jiu-jitsu. A small guy. Strictly BJJ. Yeah. He was, he was, but he's tiny and weight and oh, height, like, and he just fucks people up left, right, and center. There's yeah, like, yeah. there's some absolute animals. Nerds. Like, yeah, this yeah. one, you can't hide. You, no, you mate, can't this is what I'm talking about as well. I was speaking to the lads about this the other day. On a night out, there's some absolute animals out there, and you don't know who some people have an argument yeah. or kickoffs with. I don't know if this is true, but I read this somewhere that you're more likely to walk past in public someone who has murdered someone than a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Really? I don't know if that's true. So, so maybe we should check fact that yeah. out and see if I, it's true. Whenever I'm but saying it would not like surprise this. me. It yeah. would not surprise me because because there's so far few... Because it's so hard. If you're a brown belt, you've been doing it for like eight years. Yes. It's like people saying to you like... Oh, you know, when did you start training? And expecting in six months to yeah. to kind of yeah, be the same. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lifestyle. It's a dedication. Um, and you, the thing with you know with, with jujitsu is yeah, you can't hide. You can't fake it. So, and at times where people have faked it and come in, you know, to a gym with a belt that they haven't earned, you get found out in seconds. Mm -hmm. um, so there's nowhere to hide. And you know, there's it's it's a world where you have to learn to to be in up very uncomfortable positions and not freak out. So. It's completely humbling, but it's also for me like a. I've got a busy mind. I'm a busy mind person, and it's a it's a sanctuary as well. It's, it keeps a busy mind at, at bay because when you're doing it, all you're thinking about is that, um, and you've got there's just steps of progression that you can sl very slowly just see yourself moving up and up and up. So it's just completely addictive. I don't know why you have all you have everyone that seems to do it now. Well, yeah, I've, everyone I've, does. This is this a podcast exclusive because I haven't put it out there yet. I'm gonna do me and Carl are shooting a YouTube video with. Yeah, I thought you won't tell anyone this. Well, I, well, I want to know. No, I think my, yeah, I've already told you. I think, you? The, I think the YouTube video will, might be out before we release this podcast. If it's not, I fucked up. But um, sort of Muay Thai, didn't I? Have you? Yes, I told you on the phone. This is how much you listen to me. Started, Why are you not doing jujitsu? Because you said to me you need to get into jujitsu because after a couple of weeks or months, your elbows will be knackered from striking. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Because yeah. I tried to do both and just body fell out. I've been enjoying Muay Thai, though. I've really, really been yeah, enjoying it. It's another discipline, isn't it? Is, Muta, is it? is it belted as well or not? I know kickboxing can be belted. You've got projects. In terms of levels. Yeah. So the the guy who teaches me, his name's Tam. He's actually coming to... Actually, no, I'll give that yeah, away. Sorry, I can't say that. But you, you'll meet him at some point anyway. But he was explaining to me, because he's been... He's fight, fought professionally or whatever, and... If you go into the gym, he's got like stuff from when he was on Sky Sports and stuff, and they've got like some of the things where they wear them around the arms uh, there with different colours on and stuff. Um, there's different like grades and different levels you can do them because some competitions you go into, some of them like you'll wear the shin yeah, guards, yeah, yeah. head guards, some you don't wear anything. Yeah, some of the lads at the gym do it. It's not my, I've got the like flexibility and mobility of that's the thing I've wood. My, my hip mobility needs to get a bit better. But, you do a um, head kick. Can you reach someone's head with your feet? So oh. I'm doing this thing at the moment where I'm, I've been doing some one-to-one -one sessions with him. So he gets like a, it's like a drain pipe out, and like we go a bit yeah, higher yeah. every week to get my foot higher. But I've been trying to get Lucy to come down and do a do a session as well. Do you know what? I've just got different priorities at the moment. <laughs> like no seriously, since my 100k, I've not been able to run, and it's yeah. killing me. So I'm on the bike. I'm yeah, training. Yeah. I've got. I'm doing my bench press, British record. Yeah, you've got that on the. I've go. got other things. Like I'm a bit more also like 100k Ironman. 
Like yeah. that's a bit more for me. I also don't want to get injured. I'm more yeah. like kick people in the face. Yeah, you know, you can't reach yet. If it if it was a glorified midget or dwarf, then I'd be all right. You know, with BJJ. Sorry, what does the B stand for? Brazilian. Brazilian. Um. So we were discussing this in the car on the way over. A lot of business people seem to do BJJ. It's just a coincidence. Is it though? Yeah, I think so. It's obviously become more popular since. But is it since like, like is it getting UFC's... stressed out? Are they releasing some yeah, sort of it's stress? Yeah, for, for me, it's that. Like, so when I go to Greece and I'll spend like three weeks in Greece with with, with Luz, she can massively notice the difference as just me as a partner when I am because there I'm not doing jujitsu. She's like, you're scatty. Oh. Like your brain is scatty. You're not rested. You're not like I can't. I, I struggle to just be. So in some aspects, it's become a crutch to me for for that side of things. Um, so I think it's a, it's obviously grown in popularity massively with with you know mixed martial arts and stuff like that. It's a nice drill noise. It's a nice drill noise. Carl's the rescue. Sorry about that. Everybody is a little drilling noise. We'll just crack on with the drilling noise. Continue. So you, we were talking before briefly about storytelling. How do you? How important do you think storytelling is to a to a brand? For a brand or for a? Well, I think it's both for a brand or, and for a personal brand. This. That's just the that that's the age. In fact, I think we've always been in it in terms of storytelling and sales. If that's where you're going down with a brand and you obviously want to make sales, is you exchange with emotion before you exchange with with money. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We buy mm-hmm. anything we buy is to solve a problem. So it's first whatever the whatever it is, whether that's an essential problem like thirst, for example. Um, so we buy in a currency with emotion before we buy with our financial. So storytelling is a way to get the emotion and entice the emotion and all those different things. So it's it's kind of the one of the most important metrics of sales is tell, being able to storytell. But mm. there's so many different ways of storytelling, like so many different ways. Well, I think one of the best ones is Ben Francis worked at Pizza Pizza Hut, was it? Mm-hmm. No, but I think that I don't, I don't know. If that's a sto- that's not storytelling. The brand that's just like. No, but he kind story, of, no, but that's his personal brand. He is his that's own his personal, personal brand yeah, yeah. now. Brand is that? And he is Gymshark, isn't it? You mm. relate him to Gymshark like completely and how he grew because it's how he grew Gymshark. Anyway, we'll crack, we'll crack on. Let's yeah. be professionals. Yeah. I okay. know. That, what, wasn't, that was you saying, Cal. Oh, is Cal's getting loud? Well, I could just see Cal like, <laughs> ready to fight. It's the angry Scott coming up. <laughs> but anyway, it's freaking up. A brand that um, I think nailed it, uh, that's funny, is. Um, Oh, what's it called? Ryan Reynolds' uh, brand, his gin, Aviation Gin. If you haven't seen, like, I haven't seen it, and he sold that for a, a, a lot of money. But and he's Ryan Reynolds has now got a marketing company as well. Where they've done a, a Mint Mobile, they've done stuff with Peloton. Wow. Do you own a football club? He's, he owns yeah that he's a he's he, he seems like a smart cookie yeah. from from everything that, that and a sexy human see. being as well. Yeah, he's a good looking boy. Um, but yeah, he's got a brand called Aviation Gin. It's just. Like it hits the demographic so perfectly well. It, half, half a billion. billion, yeah. It's funny. For example, what like is it? It's, it's gin. Oh, gin. Yeah, so I thought like it was gin gin. I don't like, like gin, you know. It's like buff water. But it's just like it's he's nailed it. Like he he markets to parents and stuff. Like they've got a whole campaign with him just talking to camera about how they you know they bought out an exclusive. This was at the beginning of the summer holidays. How they bought out an exclusive bottle of gym just for parents and stuff like that. And it's just like it gets on the table and it's like five. It's one you can't buy. It's like five times the size of a normal bottle, and kind of humorous marketing that really resonates with whoever he's trying to sell with. It's so it's super smart. 
Do you know who else did that really well? And I think they look quite similar. Chris Hemsworth with that centra. He sold that for a fortune as well. Centra yeah. fit app or something where he was the kind of the face the of it, face, but he but wasn't his body. It wasn't his body. Yeah. And that. They're smart cookies. Incredible. They're super smart cookies. He sold that for a fortune as well. Mm. Mr. Fact Man over there. How, there you 200 go. million he sold it for. But yeah, is he yeah. still he's still part of that brand, isn't he? he I think they both are. I don't, I've not looked into it in, in, in detail. I just remember seeing them both and. Yeah, they're, they're storytelling in a new style of way mm. that, that's kind of, uh, I guess, more new school. Mm. I mean, it obviously helped yeah. that they're both extremely yeah. well known. Like, we can't rule that that's out. That's personal it. brand. It's really clever. It? It's like really clever how they've done it. And Ryan Reynolds seems to have kept that through through his his other interests with Wrexham and yeah. stuff like that. So that's a cool way of toiling a brand. It doesn't have to be... I'll tell a story from 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 rags to riches or yeah. super emotional. It can be for brand selling or humour. There's a really Carl, the brand that we were speaking about before, it was the watch. I think it's a like an aviation brand. Just double check the what it was called for me. This watch company, which is really cool. And it's it's new in the watch world in terms of like its competitors being like Rolex. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? Sorry? What's that brand called? <laughs> what was that brand? Please say that again. Hublo. Hublo. <laughs> Hublot. <laughs> you changed it again. <laughs> Hublo. How do you say it? You know exactly Come what on, I'm talking right, about. Um, Which one was it called? You can't even say I, it. I call it Hublo. Yes, Hublo. Yeah. I said that. No, you said like Hoblot. <laughs> like a hobnob. <laughs> yeah, but you knew what I meant. The Swiss. It's Swiss. Yeah. But with those brands anyway, it's fairly Swiss, new it? in the watch world. But their story is really intriguing. So it's believe it's two brothers who started the brand and every watch is even made or has a piece of the watch that is from one of the aircrafts from yeah, the yeah, wars yeah. and they sell for a fortune or they're named after certain aircrafts and yeah, certain, certain pilots and stuff in that. but their story is super cool because there's, there's so much heritage and history yeah, yeah. behind as it as long as it's authentic that's my only thing it, it's super authentic as, soon, as long as it's authentic because mm -hmm. that's the whole other thing that we've got like we got really close to doing that sunglass brand, like really close to doing it. And you look into sunglasses and it's just like, if you took those sunglasses off and, and they might say like they're handmade in Italy or something, something stupid like 88% of sunglasses come out of... Made in Italy. Yeah, so they're not. They're assembled in Italy, but they were made in China. So they're all made in China. Then someone, then they're put together in Italy, which allows you to say made in Italy. So it's oh, like, wow, okay. but then, so like Persil was one of my favorite brands of sunglasses. The whole marketing is that they're, that they're hand built in Italy. They come out of a factory in China, get sent to Italy. They then get assembled like the screws and stuff in Italy. Cause you have to have on the inside of the frame of the glasses where they're built. So that there's just another fact for you. Something like 80% sunglasses come out of three warehouses in China. Really? Yeah. Is that the main reason you chose not? No, that was the main reason why we wanted to do it because we were like, yeah, fuck this, let's go for it. There's yeah. a big company called, um, like a global company called Luxottica, which like own Sunglass Hut, Ray-Bans, yeah. Oakley's, and it's a little bit like Coca-Cola owns so many soft yeah. drinks. Um, and they control the marketplace. So we're like, yeah, let's just go for it because it's so cheap to make sunglasses. Is it? But we pay a fortune for the brand. Ray-Ban, like a Ray-Ban, um, a, a normal pair of Ray... Obviously, it makes a difference if you've got metal glasses and stuff like that, but a normal pair of Ray-Bans is ridiculously cheap to make. But again, like you're, 12, 12, 12 to 15 quid to make. You're paying for the brand and the story that they've told and exactly. the trust that they've built up over the years, and that's yeah, why exactly. stories... So, and that's so why, important. yeah, branding is... Having a brand is storytelling. That's exactly what it is. Bremont. Yeah. 
the watch company. Yeah, they've been not around for a few days. They've been around since like 2006. No, that's what I mean. But Rolex, <laughs> Rolex, Rolex have been around for like hundreds of years. So Bremont in terms yeah, of the I know watch Bremont, industry. Yeah, it's I know a, Bremont. It's a very well, young brand in the watch world. No, they're super cool. Um, they're doing good things. Um, the charity that I do some work for, we do some stuff with Bremont. So really? Small world, yeah. But Bremont are really cool. Good people. Based in Henley. Henley. Yeah, it's really, really cool people. Good people and... Um, yeah, they, they they are authentic. So I'll give you that one where some of them probably are not. But yeah, they're good people that that, that own that brand. There's another really cool story. I can't remember what the company was called. It was definitely a really big women's push underwear up, company. Push up bras. They, I'm sure I told this story before. I, I feel like I know it, but I can't I'll tell the listeners it. anyway because I've definitely not told the story in the podcast. Um, there's this women's underwear company and it was when the whoever the lady was who designed the first push-up bra, she, she was trying to sell it, I think, to some of the big high street brands or big high street retailers, such as like M&S and stuff like that. And she couldn't get it in anywhere. So what she did was she staged... It was Selfridges she was trying to get into. Let me finish the story. Sorry. She staged a <laughs> protest outside the shop she was trying to sell to. And... What she did was she got a load of things like students together who all dressed up as surgeons. Yeah, yeah. And they were all holding these big signs outside the, the retailers, pushing back against push-up bras, saying like how surgeons were going to go out of business, how like this big phenomenon of the push-up bra was like fake, unauthentic, they can't do this, blah, 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 blah. And it made like mainstream news. It was everywhere in yeah, the papers yeah. and stuff. And then it was like the next day or the next week, all the retailers bought into buying the push-up bra because it caused the that, wonder bra. that much. I think it's the wonder bra. It's just a tactic, isn't it? Same thing like Gymshark did with the, with the stall. Sorry. What are you moving my mic for? I was moving mine. I was getting a bit aggressive. Uh, same thing that Gymshark did with that. The, uh, you remember they did the market stall thing? Do you see that? That was smart. Yes. Oh, super the £5 sale. Yeah, yeah, super smart. Yeah, got all, yeah really, really clever in well. London. They yeah. sold like everything. Yeah, yeah, of Went course. really well. Of course, so... It's just super smart tactics in in a I guess it's disruptive marketing in in this world. That and we timing in. as well. And timing, yeah, timing's everything. I, I mean, you you have to have a little bit of luck at some stage as well. You even had that idea for ours with the padlocks and the boxes yeah, yeah, for yeah. the app, yeah, yeah, which yeah. would have been perfect. If the then, app came out, but then the time. app didn't come yeah. out on the nineteenth. It came out on the twenty seventh. Something a little bit differently. Like if you're going to market, I think you have to look what everyone else is doing, and you have to take note. And in some aspects, you have to conform, but you also have to try and do something completely different that stands out. I think from like, obviously a lot of our listeners will be personal trainers who don't have big brands or companies. What advice would you give to a personal trainer who's either starting off or is currently in the, along their journey of building up a client basis for themselves if it's not a brand where they've potentially got lots of cash flow? I, I, think, I think a thing that, personal trainers try and do which is weird to me anyway it's weird as someone on the outside is they try and they, they try and impress other personal trainers versus trying they to won't. trying to actually engage with their their community but look I, I always say the same thing you know back in the day when we used to be in the fitness world we'd get someone come to us and you know back then it was joe wicks was was kind of the, the one leading the way and 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 james i was going to say james wasn't on the scene then he was probably grafting in the mm -hmm. background to get to where he is now um, but, but everyone would be like, oh, I want to be an online trainer and I want to go and, you know, take on the world and have in America and stuff like this. And, and I'm like, how many clients have you got? And they're like, one. 
I'm like, well, just where are you based? Oh, I'm based in Manchester. So why don't you just start there mm. and then ripple effect it out and out and out and out and out. And it comes back to that thing of momentum. Momentum is is so important and it's a lot easier to sell yourself, sell your service in person than it is online. doesn't mean that you have to coach them in person, but if you start there, start by actually getting in a community, at least if you're sitting face-to-face. Like I, I say to you guys all the time when we talk about marketing stuff with you, like if you had a queue of a thousand potential people that were coming into to MCS and you could sit and talk to those people, you would sign up 900 out of those thousand people. Mm-hmm. You, you would. It's like, what would we say there? What would we get across there? And it's because you'd get across like the fact that you care who you are, your personal people, you're approachable, you actually do a lot for your community on the inside and all these different things. So it's a case of start gaining momentum. And it's, if you're starting off in your journey, I, I applaud the fact of shooting for the stars and, and being a big brand that's, you know, America and England and this. But if you're starting, start small and have a ripple effect out is, is, is something that I would do if I was going to go and do it tomorrow. I think one of the biggest ones is, is exactly what you mentioned there is that people will create content to try and impress their peers in, instead of yeah. the people that they're trying to help and they're trying to service. And then it becomes a, a war and a battle between two yeah, PTs yeah. and that no one else gives a shit about apart from you. And also I think a lot of people do care too much potentially who won't put material out because they're too bothered about what other people yeah, it's, think. It's also how your demographic speaks. Like I'm not, I, I was from the fitness world years ago and I've transitioned into just a normal geezer who, geezer, who, want, who wants to train and, 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 and goes borderline dad bod if he doesn't train. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to see all these like, all this training language mm. that for me is now completely redundant. Like speak <sighs> to me in my language. Don't be like, you know, all these. Sorry, Dad, we're gonna we're gonna have a tear up in a minute. <laughs> don't don't speak to me in this trainer language. Yeah, but that, it lot. just puts me off straight away. There's loads of people who do that though. It's like now going to do the clavicle press on the fortified yeah, yeah, yeah. bench. No, you're doing an incline bench press, mate. Just fucking do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of like things that would be red flags for you, Cal, on a personal trainer, come and join the set. Get a mic. Oh, Cal's during the Can we get a big round of applause, oh, Cal? Cal. We, had a, we had a request on the last YouTube video Cal for Cal to have a mic and a video. Have to build that up so high. I by asked the way. for Cal to join from this. You can, you, we can share this mic, so you'll be in with me. We've got no, that mic on. No, no, but he's worrying about not being on camera. No, you get Cal's move. Cal can move the camera, so he's on camera. Do you hear Cal? Go get in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the microphone, if you want. But yeah, I'm just gonna. <laughs> as I was saying, for my fellow friend that dates yeah. a Mediterranean, so we yes. What would you be looking for in a personal trainer? If you were go, if you were going out tomorrow, like all right, I'm going to go to Pure Gym or my local gym, personal trainer. What would you be looking for, and what would be red flags for you? I don't know. Someone who just passes the dickhead test. That's kind of my main one. If I see them interacting with like girls in the gym, and they're like, make sure you're activating the glutes. You're not activating the glutes. And if I see that a lot, and they're just like, Touching. in a very like PT way, kind of like touching and all that yeah. kind of shit. It's just not the vibe. But then also, someone who's clearly put the work in and has made their body look the way that I would like it to look. I yeah. see a lot of that's a big. That's a big one for me. I don't yeah. think you like you have to be that as a PT. There's, a whole, shape, always, yeah. there's always an argument of, do you have to be in shape to be one? But for yeah, me, I want to be with someone that has done what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of like BTEC PTs who've got the qualifications, but I feel like put six months a year in, do the, do the work that you are expecting of your clients and then... I think that in terms of like education 
there's um you don't have to go away and like do a master's degree in sports science to become a good PT. Like you can do a level three PT, but then do your own research. And the other one being there, the dickhead test, just being a human being, to be able to conversate with people. A lot of PTs just don't even know how to yeah. have a conversation with someone, speak to someone. Yeah, for sure. And I think being able to speak their language is a big one. Like yeah. Demonstrate that you can speak their language is a huge is a huge one because otherwise you just lose people. Would you ever have a female PT? This is a question to both of you. Why are we are we out of shape or something? Why? <laughs> no, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> the two dagwood so. geezers or something like that. What's going on here? I would. That's more so a question that I've never actually had the opportunity to ask I, I, um, someone. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, don't feel like you have to say that. No, no, just no. I'm, I'm not female. saying that. I'm trying to think in in. I told you the, the jiu-jitsu story where Joanna, you know, yeah. tied me up and I, her classes are great. I go to her sessions all the time. I think she's an absolutely amazing, especially in jiu-jitsu. Like, for me, I, I think that in jiu-jitsu world, definitely, females that ha have have progressed to higher belts nail the technique because mm. you don't, you very rarely do jiu-jitsu in a way where it's like girls and guys. Like, there might be some female-only classes and stuff like that, but a lot of the time you're training together. So... You, there's the, in a lot of places, you and I would train together, and you know I weigh 88 kilos and and stuff like that. So jujitsu wise, categorically, because I feel like their technique is so much cleaner. But training wise, same aspect again. I, I personally would have absolutely nothing against it. In I would probably re, I would probably get on better with a female trainer because not to put geezers and, and blokes in a in one kind of basket, but I think they. Their intuition is a, is as a female's brain is is probably geared in a different way than than a guy's one. I would say we have definitely more of like an emotional understanding. Yeah, that's what Cal Martin is. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I do think <laughs> we that, need though, to be cuddled with Benjamin. Do your bench press. Well, I trained with you, Lucy, and I had the most vicious glute workout of my entire life. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, that. you, you yeah, that was hard it for was you. Horrendous. But then I've, I've trained legs with Ben for however long. And, then and it was easy. Had, <laughs> no, 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 but never had like that level of glutes. So, like, yeah. That's exercise novelty, though. That's not being a good trainer. <laughs> we the, uh, the thing is, with, I believe, guys, from my point of view, who will look at a male and female trainer, is that what you're talking about before, they have to be in shape. If a guy, a guy can almost wear their qualification yeah. on their bodies because if some geese is built, they're going to go, oh, he knows, knows what you're talking about, where is the female just wearing a polo shirt in the gym? doesn't because he's not built like a brick shell so but then on the other other side of things there will be a lot of females and also a lot of guys who i believe may go for that female personal trainer due to the fact they'll be intimidated by this big gearhead who's walking around the gym it's so i think this is, it depends what you want from it i, yeah. I mean i'd never really be inclined to get a pt but jiu-jitsu coach like categorically wouldn't like i wouldn't even think it, i don't even think it would come into my brain about man or woman i'll just be going Who's the mm. person that now is the thing that I want to know? And, you know, to use the example of Joanna, she's got a certain game of things that I can pick up on technique and then I might go to someone else who's more my build that has a certain thing that that that, that Joanna's not in, in her style do. So, yeah, I think... The element of, like, women, the men can, like, fall back on strength if they need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're rolling with someone that weighs half your weight, yeah. do you know what I mean? You can muscle out of stuff. And and the first start of jiu-jitsu, like if Ben started jiu-jitsu tomorrow, he would absolutely try and muscle out of everything. Like I did when I started. Yeah. And that literally is the journey when you start as a white belt. You try and absolutely just muscle out of everything and realise quickly, so I'm, I'm tired. so tired and, I'm, and I don't know what to do. I'm gassing yeah. it's like and I can't shift this person. So yeah, I, I'm yeah. tall. I can climb most walls um, on like the easier levels. 
but then you progress to anything slightly technical. I physically can't do it because I've just not practiced to get yeah. to get up. I just kind of like pull myself up and I can do a pull-up so I can get up a wall. That's exactly, I took Ben climbing with my, because we've climbed since a really young age. Megan is a phenomenal climber. Ben. No, when I like, started, some woman said to me, is that Spider-Man when I was first going up the wall? No, because yeah. the thing you're supposed to, you have yeah. to keep your bum and your hips into the wall and use your feet. Whereas Ben was just pulling up with his arm. He got up, but that is not the way you climb. And then Did me and Meg up, came man? up. You didn't know he yeah. got up. Yeah, exactly. You did, he got up. Got to the end. Um, <laughs> Same result. Yeah. But that is so true, though, on like the agility thing more so than the shrimp side of it. Mm-hmm. 100%. We were having this conversation on the train before, me, Cal, and Lucy, about the type. Do you think there's a almost a blueprint of type of personal individual you need to be to be a business owner? No. I don't. Because Lucy, Lucy's question was... But I think if you're going to do it, you need to want to do it for... Where are you going? <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> I think if you're going to do it, you need to do it for, for for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. I think that's a big factor. Lucy's, Lucy's quite, let me rephrase Lucy's question. Do you think you need to be ruthless to be a business owner? I I it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't just a business owner. It was the... An entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, the very, very successful ones that we see... Do you believe they are the word ruthless? Word ruthless has a lot of different definitions to a lot of people. Mm. Do you have to be ruthless with your time? Categorically, do you have to be a wanker to people? No, not at all. Mm. I, I, that's, I don't believe in that. That's not my. That's not. That's not. I'm not a fan of that kind of style of stuff. Tough conversations that could also be classed as ruthless. Yeah, you have to be direct, but I think I don't think you have to be a wanker. So it depends in the definition, but there is a stereotype of business owners hard faced and stuff like yeah. that. Mm. I don't think you have to be that. I think people sometimes choose to be that. Sorry. That's, 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 that's now time 15 that you've rocked them up. <laughs> I think sometimes people choose to be that. And I think, I think it can be sometimes easier to be. I know people that are like that, for sure. I think. I'm not. I'm, what you see is what you. you I'm joking. You're what great. What you see is what you get. <laughs> yeah. But di- I am direct. Like if you've annoyed me, I'll tell you that. And, and we're in a working environment. I'll tell you why you've annoyed me and what you've done. But. If that's just, cl- that's just clarity way. and transparency more than anything. Yeah, there. and it's not in a judgmental way. Again, like, you know, how can we judge people when we do those things all the time? Like, that's that's what I always come down to. But I don't think you have to be this hard-nosed, ruthless. I'm sure in certain industries you do, maybe trading and, and brokerage and stuff like that. But to be, quote-unquote, an entrepreneur, you don't have to be ruthless, now. Do you think the, the rise that was through some successful assholes who run businesses? I mean, the, the big one of you going to think of anyone would be like the whole Steve Jobs story and how he was portrayed through that. I thought you were going to say another name then, someone who we know who's a ruthless uh, arsehole. I could probably yeah, mention a few other people. Yeah, yeah. You, we know, oh no, that'll give it away. <laughs> 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 but we both know. No, I think it probably goes back further than that. I, I think if you were to look at it kind of systemically, it probably goes back to, you know, how businesses used to be set in years and years ago and, and, and you know, I don't know if you ever did Victorian Day at school. It was yeah. very much Oh, that like, was, yeah, we yeah. dressed up in like yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, good. That was good times. Great eh? times, yeah. But you would, you know, you, the, 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 the leader would be the leader and you would follow suit. So I think it probably comes from, from more that kind of style of stuff than, than the Steve Jobs and stuff like that. Um, I think, I, I don't know, I, I never knew Steve Jobs, so it's hard to say, but I think in certain times you'll have some business um, leaders that are more... Um, analytical than emotional and sometimes that can come across as, as direct and rude and mm-hmm. stuff like that 
Um, that's an awareness piece. So I think that can happen. But I don't think per se it necessarily is the likes of people that have done it like him. I think it probably goes back to generational stuff. But I think we're going through that, right? I think we're... It's the same in professional sport. I think we're coming out another side of it. But at the same time, everyone has their style. If that's yeah. your style and that's what works for you and that's the culture that you want to create. And some people fit into that. Some people want to be in a company culture where they, you know, yes, boss, no boss. Then that, that is what you want to create. And that's cool for you as long as you're transparent about that. I also think what has changed, I'd say even like the last five years since I've been in business is that whole mentality of you have to hustle 24-7. Like you have to work 24-7 to yeah, be successful. But you can't work 24-7 because you'll, you'll burn out. No, you'll burn out. And if you read into studies, like kind of working, working hard, but, but sh intensely, but shortly with breaks is, is better. It's a hard one. Um, you're speaking to someone that this year had their first actual seven-day holiday complete off the grid in seven years. And, and my really? other half was like, this is the first time we've done this. Ever. Why, why was that? I was, I, was I, was, I was addicted. I was thought I always had to work. I, when we when I met you, I would I was one million percent one of those Gary V fans of like yeah you got to you know if you work an extra ten hours a week over a year you've worked this much more than your competition. And then there's also this fact that do you know what I mean? I, I think I, I don't think I'm necessarily um, particularly like quote unquote gifted in terms of where I am. I think I've just worked hard to to kind mm. of get there. So I'm a massive. I don't think. I'm a massive fan of hard work, but I think you have to have boundaries with that. Like yeah. I've definitely lost relationships, friendships and stuff like that through through just working nonstop. And it's, it's something that I can talk about, but I have not mastered yet. So I'll let you know in the, yeah. <laughs> in the next few years. It's really hard because it's also, I think, I think entrepreneurship of, of how it was, I think it's different now because back... Back in the day, it wasn't a sexy thing. Yeah. It was more of a geeky thing, mm. right? So it was very different. Um, and in some ways, you kind of just go, you know, F you to society. I'm not going to follow that trend. I'm going to go down a completely different path. And and you can argue that you're making it harder f for yourself. So it's that, that side of things creates working hard, where now it's a little bit kind of different, where some people and some... In some societal trends, it's now a sexy thing to be an entrepreneur. This is why I hate the yeah. word. So, but e even we didn't. We did take time off this year in America, which is probably the first time again in like four or five years we've taken didn't, time though, off. You were still, but we still worked, still and we st we were still on socials. Yeah. We were still posting. So for us to take time off, it's basically don't be on your Try phone. Try it. But you need to like well, you don't need to. No one needs to do anything. It would be an interesting test to do. It'd be interesting yeah. to try and go away. I've not perfected this. I've not perfected this either. Like if my if, if Luce was sitting here, I'd be getting like Down you're neck. talking about switching, Joe. Yeah, you're talking about switching off. You never switch off. Da, 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 I don't da. think I'd ever stop creating content though because I just enjoy being creative. And there was someone who was talking about this conversation the other day that we're having and speaking about like how when you're working and you're in that flow of creating or doing things or just grafting that it's almost like a phone battery and you're you're slowly dwindling it down and then when you're doing things like out walking doing things you like doing the gym bjj whatever else is they're the kind of things although it's depleting your energy they're the kind of things that's recharging your I mean, mind you got, and getting you, you back into a state physical and mental side of things yeah. as well right so you've got the two side of things and you know you're 
the word mental health is another word that gets thrown out too much, but you have to look after that like massively. Like I'm the biggest advocator of therapy. I, for me, I don't under like I think every single person should just have it. For mm. me, it's an insurance policy that makes yeah. the highs higher, the lows not as low. So you have to be con controlling your nut, and you know you have to find things that you can. I have not the thing that I have categorically not mastered, which is something that I'm super working on now, is just being able to to be present without a distraction. Like if we go for dinner or we go to an event, like I can switch off from work, but I if if we just sat in a room and and kind of with nothing, kind of no distraction, I struggle with it. So that's something that right now I'm trying to work on that's for me super hard to do because I need a distraction to switch my brain off. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, my brain doesn't switch off, it just switches to a different area. Um, so that's something that I'm working on, but that again, you know. I feel that's quite common. It probably is, but it just, it, I remember one of my good friends in America, a super successful business owner, Tyler, he was just, you know, he's he's older than me and he's someone that I look up to massively in the world of business. Um, and he's going through that as well, trying to master it. So, you know, we're, we're kind of talking and sharing notes and stuff. It's really hard to do. Mm -hmm. Really, really, really. That's one of the reasons I do jiu-jitsu so much. It's well, because it is a switch off. I think one of the things, I'm quite good at it now because I've been aware of it for the past six years is, I work on social media as one of my jobs. I, I put a post up and I don't go on my phone. Like I don't go on, I don't look at it at all. Whereas you scroll. I scroll. I, I, I don't, don't post don't any, I've not posted anything in two years. Yeah. I've not posted anything in two years, but I've, I've tried to set my phone to an hour limit, but I'll often override mm. that. So. Yeah, because even the other day, Cal said to me, he's like, oh, you should go on TikTok more to look at trends. And I just said, no. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm going to post and I'm going to get off it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. As I'm, I'm going to get but the trends I try and off justify Cal. it as that. So my missus yeah, will go yeah, at me yeah. and I'll be like, yeah, but I've just got to see what's going on. I've got to stay relevant. You know, TikTok is such a big thing at the minute. I've got to figure it out. So yeah. it's... But I said to Kyle, like, you can look at the trends for me. Yeah. And then it's I... Hard. It's, it's hard. Yeah. Like, I justify it in saying that. And I'm not someone who even posts on, on socials and stuff. Yeah. Whereas you love a good scroll. And that's, I think that's yeah. something you try and work on even at night. It's like trying not scroll when you're you're sat watching TV, like you're having two screens. Don't have yeah, two my screens. My other half is great with it, so she she keeps me on a on a. She, she'll make me aware, put it that way. Yeah. Not always the nicest way, but she'll definitely yeah. give me a nudge in the right direction because she could just completely go off grid and she'd be as happy as anything. Really? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a great place to be. Yeah, she, I, I she, don't she get does. There. And part of it is she just does not care what other people think, apart from her circle. Where I try to be like that, but the reality is I'm not like that. Mm. I think mean, it's a hard skill to master and no matter what, we forgot this before, everybody cares what people think at the end of the day to some degree or cares what some people think to some degree anyway. Yeah, it's, and that's one of the things that we, you know, if we did all the things just for ourselves and not for others, it would be a completely different society that we live in. Back to um, arseholes and business. We're talking about Steve Jobs. There's been, I think there's been a lot of cultural change from big companies. Like we've even been to Gymshark HQ a lot of times and it just... Seems like a very employee-friendly, motivating, inspiring place to be. Google done a lot of yeah, yeah. stuff like that as well. I you hear? Some, I mean, I don't know if you watched the like the documentary or the film that they did on Steve Jobs. Did you say? Yeah, I saw part of it, not all of it. I mean, I'm sure ruthless is probably the word that I've heard yeah. of him. He apparently used to go around to some people in the office, and for example, on lunchtime they were sitting eat, eating at the desk. Say if someone had a subway. I because I, was he vegan? I don't know. Yeah, he was big vegan, I think. Because he used to go behind them saying and make really sarky comments and be like, 
sniffing over people's shoulders and be like, mm, f- the smell of burnt animal flesh. You know, just to try and put people off and like leave it a comment. If that culture worked for them and people knew what culture they're signing up, it's, that's what they want to do. Do you know what I mean? It, it kind of is what it is. And it's not for me. It's definitely not for me in terms of being a leader or if I was working in it, it would just irritate me. But it's hard, it's hard to... There's a lot of things that, that come out about Steve Jobs, but it's it's hard to dismiss a pioneer. Yeah, he's brilliant. But maybe it was because he was so, 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 so smart in that IQ world that, and maybe he lacked some emotional side of things. Maybe that was the case of it. But then if you try and add that in, would he have Been achieved... Steve Jobs. Yeah. No, not, you know what I mean? Nobody kind same, of knows. Same, it's, hard to, it's easy to sit on here and, and kind of say he should or should not have done anything, but it's... And ultimately, you've got a Mac, you've got a Mac, I've got an iPhone. Same with people if you look at like big sports But people. I now have a Garmin, not an Apple Watch. Congratulations, oh, yeah. well done on your Garmin. People Thank like you. Tiger Woods, Serena Venus Williams, these big super sports stars, would they be the same if they weren't abused by parents when they were younger? I think abuse but is a strong word Tiger Woods is for Serena abused. and Venus. I think there's a certain level of psychological manipulation well yeah well. yeah 100 I don't just because i'm saying abuse though. i mean physical sexual abuse there can be different forms mm. of abuse that i care about you could argue would that would they be the same athlete that they are but you could debate that, that about any point of where anyone is do you know what i mean like who hasn't been through trauma in some aspects like i've been through trauma in, in my life you know with with certain different things with losing loved ones and and, and people dying too young and stuff like that and I think it's quite often, it used to be a real big subject where people would always want to bring it up and be like, kind of tell these emotional stories that move them into things. I think it's definitely part of, of, of why I got to where I was and a stubbornness. But so, you know, can we find people that have achieved success, whether whatever level of parameter you go on, we're talking of the Tiger Woods, which is 10 out of 10. And I don't know his background, but... Can anyone achieve those things without some level of trauma? I don't know. Maybe well, that's. Mm. I, mean, I have no. I'm sure you've had trauma. I'm sure you've had trauma. I'm sure Cal's had trauma, like in some sort of different aspects. And there's lots of things with trauma that, whatever my worst trauma is, and whatever your worst trauma is, that's our worst experiences. Even if contextually you can go, one is worse than the other. But if that's your worst thing, mm-hmm. it's why it's pointless to say, you know oh, I feel ill, but someone in a different country is so much worse, so I should just get on with it. Well, no, if this is your worst experience, this is your worst experience. And there's there's been multiple studies into about um, worst experiences and traumas, and it kind of came out, I'm really paraphrasing, but someone's worst experience A and someone's worst experience, a different person's worst experience B, the worst is the worst. So yeah, it's yeah. super traumatic. The way that yeah. your brain... Yeah, because it's what you've been through. Yeah, well, if you're every day in terms of for someone who's maybe living in another country where the norm is you have seen dead bodies for your life and you've been through hardship and poverty and whatever else compared to someone who's in, say, for example, the UK who's on the average wage, has lived a good, happy, quote, life. The, the, the hardship for them two people and them trying to digest something of their hardship in comparison is going to feel way different because your feel, yeah. your norm is way different as well. Yeah, so yeah, where it's, what do you have that to compare to? Yeah, so it's super hard to to know how people would be with or without something. So do you know what I mean? How do we how do we it's 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 an impossible conundrum. I think there's 
I mean, and people like David Goggins talk about this a lot. There's a lot to be said that people who have either been through or who put themselves through self-induced pain or suffering or discomfort because it helps build and develop you as a person and build those mental calluses moving forward. David Goggins, like, I remember saying... I know he's a different kettle Someone of fish. was reading his he's book the other day saying about how now. amazing he is and I'm just like, that is not normal. It's that not is, normal? Uh, that, that, but there he's not is, a normal geezer. I don't know him, never met him, don't really know much about his background, but... Good grief, that is... He's for me, through. that would be unhealthy. For me. He's been through mm-hmm. some shit. Though. Like, if you read his yeah, book... I know, mate, dude. Yeah, his book, his book was incredible. Yeah. His childhood was awful. But the, the stuff he does today is just... It's um, wild. I think because he just... I don't find it an inspiration. See, I do. Re- when you read his I book... I don't at all. Read his book because I think... I, I would never read it. And that's probably, like, saying the, the wrong thing. But from the things I've seen in terms of podcasts and stuff, it's just... For me, that's not an inspiration. I think his message can be pushed too, too far. Like some of the things he has done is in like you could literally oh, yeah, yeah, die yeah. doing it. Like it, I wasn't thinking about him when I was doing my run. I didn't. Yeah, because no, I, I guess I guess I'm it. a fan of like Nims. Have you seen that documentary? Yeah. Did the yeah. So that stuff. He's I'm, great. I'm like, yeah, that's super cool. It can, I mean, I, I guess it can come across as unrelatable to a lot of people because like, how can maybe you? That's it how for can me. you relate Going to on this? One joke for me. It's yeah, like, I, yeah. wow. How can you relate to this black dude who's? Ran hundreds of miles. It's come from shit, bullying, abuse. Well, like, he lost like 150 yeah, yeah. pounds. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, contextually, I can take my hat off to it, but it it blows my mind. Yeah, it's not... again, I remember listening to Chris's podcast last week. He was talking about the again the abuse that Tiger Woods went through. He actually had a what was the phrase he used? He had a safe word. So his, his dad would put him through like that much abuse physical, mental abuse that he would give him a safe word to use. He said, if it gets that bad, That's bad. you can use a safe word to get You'd out. You'd have to ask Tiger Woods what... Well, apparently, I think he spoke about hasn't he? And he never wants to use a safe word. I mean, it's, it's so hard to say if that made him or didn't make him. You'd have he to probably ask probably he had no choice. But to yeah, but look it... at where he is now. Because the thing that baffles me, even with Ben Francis, right... The thing that baffles me, and maybe if I ever get to that level, I'll, I'll look at it differently, is Gymshark has grown to a ridiculous amount, right? Mm. He had it with that business partner. It's well documented, and the business partner, when they raised all the money, kind yep. of stepped out. I don't know if if I got to the, the level that Ben Fry, I would then just carry on. I just, it's like, it's the same as Tiger Woods. He still grinds. He's still up grinding, trying to be the best golfer he can when he's achieved everything. Ben Francis is still gone and, and he's grinding to be the, the to build Gymshark to even further levels. When you think there would be an easier option, like I kind of what else have you got to prove? It's, there's, there's, I think that's passion though. Yeah, I potentially think and it's the same so it could be the same passion. reason that I'm not on socials. When at the mm. beginning I said to you, I feel like I don't, you know, I've not really achieved much. Maybe that's where Ben is now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's that for me is is I don't know about people's pasts and stuff, but that for me is inspiring mm. that they're still going, and it's not like they're that they're just they're, they're going along like you know an easy path. Like they're still grafting yeah. absolute to the highest level when they've got nothing to prove to anyone else but only themselves. That for me is inspiring. It's, it's an mm. interesting topic of conversation, and that's the thing about like you can wish other people's success, but then a, the majority of people will not give the sacrifice to every aspect of life in order to, to reach that level. And that's, that's the interesting question that I was going to ask you. Do you think you can be happy whilst you're always on a journey of self-development? 
Uh, I think I'm on a self a journey of self-development. I'd say I'm, I'm happy the majority of the times. I think there's a, there is a... Um, I think it depends on the character, right? You go back to entrepreneurship. It's kind of like we've got this, we've got this mindset that we always look on the other side. We always question, which is mm. kind of our, which is if you're in entrepreneurship, that is what makes you where you are. But it also can be a kryptonite because you can take it into other areas of your life where it's not healthy to do so. Um, so that's a hard balancing act. But I think you can. I think for self development purposes, you can, for sure. Um, I would say that, yeah, I'm on a journey. I would say that, you know, majority of the time, whatever that may be, I would say I'm a happy person. I think you're a very... You come across to me as a very happy person. But then I probably come across you as a very happy person, but I really suffer with anxiety. Yeah, I mean, I've... And only Cal and Ben would probably... I suffer with anxiety and stuff like that. But the question isn't 100% of the time. The question is the majority of the time. (laughs) So I don't think anyone's happy that 100% of the time. No, I don't. Majority is 51%. Yeah. Um, but again it's transparent conversations of what is happiness and that's what I'm looking for now I was looking at the definition of the definition of self-development is the process by which a person's character or abilities are gradually developed and then the definition of happiness is the state of being happy let me ask you a different question but, but same outcome if you've not developed in terms of your outlook um, in life and, and kind of what you think of, of everything and, and being and blah 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 in 30 years time so if i said to you in 30 years time then your mindset is still the exact same as it now would you be happy or disappointed if i was in the same mindset now if you'd exact same mindset you've not changed your opinion on anything you're the same would you be happy that you're where you are or would you go oh, i'm disappointed that i haven't because i think the version of me in five years time is a completely different version it of sitting be. here right now it will. Even so if you look, i'd be very disappointed even if, even, in 30 years exactly time. even if you looked at yourself 10 years ago the you can say I'm going to have these same morals, the same ethos, same whatever, but you don't know that. You could no, you bump don't. into someone during a cult, during whatever, and it could very much yeah, change yeah, you your can't. views. So for me, it's like if I've not evolved, for me, self development is, is evolution. If I've not, I'm actually more unhappy than if I have. So of course I can be happy and mm. evolve because my definition of self development is evolving uh, and you know working on the things to be outside of business, a better partner, happier more of the time, a better friend to my friends give less shits on things that actually are are, are not as important. Yeah. I believe 100% you should be developing and getting better because it serves you to deal with issues, problems, death, losses in life, whatever, whatever it may be, and holding you the person to be able to deal with those things. If you're just a, a wet lettuce, then you're going to fold whenever an issue yeah, or problem crops up. Like, again, I'm the biggest advocate of therapy and stuff like that. Like, for me, I just think everyone should have it. But at the same time, it is not for everyone. I've got friends that have gone, yeah, but Joe, it's not for me. I've tried it numerous times. I'm like, okay, cool, don't judge you. It's what, it's what it is for you. Like, For me and for my type of character, it's massively important for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, You could even argue that it's now too important for me that it's a crutch. So... Mm. Who's right? Who's wrong? The person that's plodding on without, you know, therapy, or the person that's doing it, and it's become a crutch. It's it's really. But it's, I think it's. There's no right or wrong. I think you're being proactive with it though, because again, you're being proactive with your mental health. You're being, you can be pro- proactive with your physical health. You don't have to wait to get overweight or unfit or unhealthy to then work on your fitness and health. The same with yeah, yeah. your mental health. You don't have to wait for it to get to a bad state, which is what I did, to then seek help with it. You yep. can you can be proactive with it. Yeah. I, th- I think I struggle with mental health, though, with therapy is, like, the cost of it. Like I have, oh, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. weekly therapy, 400, 500 quid a month. Like, it, yeah, that's, this is, it's ridiculous. That's, like, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And to get on the NHS, you're on a waiting list for 
Yeah, it's, it is so expensive. It's really hard, And I don't want to knock the say... fact that it's expensive, but because it is, and and it is a privilege. The only thing I would sometimes say is that sometimes what we want and then what we do is very different. It, you know, the analogy is like the person that's that's ill with a flu and complaining about being ill with a flu, and and you're saying to them, "What have you done the last two days?" Oh, I've had five lem sips and ten coffees to try and keep going with work. Well, hang yeah. on a sec, you're not doing what's best in your favour yeah. to get over your flu. So it's the same aspect of it is expensive. There, you know, and one to one therapy is not the only way of it. But I would also look at what else am I spending money on in my life to see if there's another way. And it doesn't have to be one to one. It could be, you know, the charity that we do is 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 not therapy at all. But we use jujitsu to help give a community to to help give, and that's a stepping stone to to that path. So there's so many different forms of therapy. I don't believe therapy has to be talking to someone. It could be. Mm. Just going swimming. It can start in so many places. A one-to-one therapist is expensive, but I think that's a, uh, I think that's a, uh, one of the kind of stepping stones on a long journey of, of it all. I think the only problem with that is, with the, the fitness and exercise one, is that a lot of people, and I've seen it a lot of time in the fitness industry, will say, my therapy is the gym. Whereas I agree the gym or training or fitness can be therapeutic, but it's not a substitute for therapy. It could be, a, in some aspects, it could be, a, I'm, no, I'm not a therapist, so I don't know, but I would hope and imagine that in some ways it could be a stepping stone in the right That's direction. I mean, it can feel therapeutic and give therapeutic feeling, but I don't believe it's the same as... No, it's not. It's definitely not yeah. the. It's not the same, but it could be a stepping stone in the right direction. Down oh yeah, I'm, someone's I'm, I'm path. Doubt it'll help with people's mental health, and I think they should. That's why everyone should be exercising above anything else. Yeah. So, and then, and then you know, it is, it is a privilege to be able to afford a one-to-one therapist. But at the same time, you, you know, if that's something that's really important to you, and you're spending, you know, eight hundred quid on on nights out, on tables and yeah. clubs and stuff like that, then you just got to work out which ones more but again not to judge because being there done that and and it's hard to to break the loop of what can feel like a crutch so oh god yeah i've been there done that wasn't that a with the sparklers on the vodka Uh, bottles it really just but then someone might look at my life and just go i would hate that yeah i probably go out out as they say twice a year three times a year i just got no interest in it now so again like you could have someone who, you know, young talking to me and they just go, well, I don't want that. Yeah. So I can't judge you because yeah. I've got, yeah, fair play. Neither did I when I was your age. And now, it's, so you just change so much. Yeah. It's, it's a super hard subject without being qualified on to talk about. You can only talk about your own experiences and your own journey. But w- would you change anything? Probably. This is the thing that's always talked about. Mm-hmm. Would people go back, would you change anything? Oh, no, everything I've done has got to where I am today. I think... Because you could change different things along the path if you change one thing, which then could lead you to a different place. Yeah, you, yeah, it's like that. What's the film? What's the film? Sliding Doors. Is it Sliding, Sliding Doors? Sliding Doors. Is, is that it? a film? I've never seen I've, it. I've, I've heard it's of it. It's where like, this woman, I think it's Sliding Doors, if not, send people down an absolute path. <laughs> in, but it's where these decisions all make. And if that is the way that life goes, like I, I, I really, I wish I could be one of those people that believes that everything happens for a reason and I'm not. Um, I'd be a lot happier because, you know, when traumatic things happen or things that are, that are shit happen, I know a lot of people that, like, one of my good friends is extremely religious and he believes that God's path is, uh, his path is chosen and God has chosen his path. And I implore him, and in some aspects I'm jealous that I don't think about that. Because when shit yeah. really bad happens, 
his honest coping, like his honest way, he just goes, well, this is God's path. This is just another challenge for me yeah, to that... overcome and I will overcome it. And he's like, not, he fully believes that. I know he does. Which is amazing. And so in some aspects, I wish I could just be like it, that. It does. It does give people yeah. like external kind of, I'll blame it on this. Yeah, but so, my inner child just comes out and just goes, why is this yeah. happening to me? Well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just blame it on Lucy instead of God. So that's, that's my... You do blame a lot on me, actually. It's, it's not it's, very nice. It's good to take yeah, that pressure off Our partners are, are, are sometimes are, are kind of coping mechanisms, aren't they? We like don't. that guy we, we used to go to years ago in the church and you sit in a little box and give all your... Confessions. Uh, your sins to... Uh, yeah, it still happens a lot in a lot of places. That does it. Well, if you go Greece, like it's so such a religious country, like there's churches everywhere, and you can go. Yeah, it's, and I think that's for for me as as a wacky person. I think I think that's quite cool. I think there's something in it if you if you can give yourself to it. Uh, not that I've mastered yeah. that. It's a bit like Father Christmas, though, isn't it? It's not real, so I, I don't agree with that. So. <laughs> no, don't bang because there's some people, some kids. That's my belief. No, no, yeah, but your belief is fine, and yeah. I would argue, and this I will judge you if, and I've said so well, many science times. Science says it's not real as well, and I'm that's why you get no presents for Father Christmas. Well, where for Lucy and I, there's always that one present. You've been, where the hell's that come yeah, from? And Ben's like, I've not got you that. You're getting coal. Why am I getting coal? Because Father Christmas isn't real. No, you're not getting coal. You're just no, getting less presents just, than Lucy and I. It's real. Father Christmas. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, what the argument I'm having as a science is categorically said. It's not real, nah. and that's where that's where <laughs> that's where my beliefs come from. People can believe whatever they want. But I'm, you I'm, can believe. And more power want, to you if wrong. religion helps you through hard situations and scenarios. But it's like that whole thing about I I don't love the thought of when you die. That's it. I'm not religious. My family no, isn't. Like, I don't like that thought. Either. I like thinking. Oh, it's alright. I'm going to be with my pals. I, I don't know why. I just that's nice for me to think, even though it's not. I don't care. That's just my own personal opinion. I think it's a quite a nice one to have. Where some people are like, no, once you like him. <laughs> no, I don't believe that. I don't, I, just, I don't believe Deja that life vu. is over after that. I just don't believe that we go up to some fairy gates and God lets us let us in. I believe maybe that your future is whatever you believe it. Then. It is indeed. Luce and I'll be having a beer. <laughs> we'll be having. A, I'll have a red wine. You can have a beer up there, and you'll be. I don't know what you're well, doing. Me, me and Carl will be rocking it down under fucking like little, little Nicky <laughs> vibes. It's coping mechanisms. Down, down. Little who? Little Nicky. You've never seen the film Little Nicky? I don't Come think on. I have. Have you, I've, I don't know. Have you seen Little Nicky? I have I'm no idea what he's on about. You have. No? No idea what he's on Little Nicky. No, if you haven't seen then. Adam Sandler movie, great movie. No, it's, all about, it's all about going to hell. No wow. idea what he's on about. But yeah, religion is a whole other subject yeah. for another day, for another... Because yeah, that is just... I'm not even getting into the religious chat. Yeah, that's a massive, massive topic that... I would have to research yeah. heavily. I, I, I couldn't talk about it. I don't. I don't there's no there's it. no right or wrong of it. It's just opinion and arguments, and that's why yeah, I don't know never, what my that's why we have would be, that's though. why we have wars over it, and that's why we it's just one of those. I don't subjects know what my opinion don't. would be though. If you if I came on a podcast, you're like we're going to talk about religion today. I'd be like, I'm not coming on that podcast. Well, actually, I've started reading the Dalai Lama book, and Buddhism is very interesting. Just the whole. Very interesting. I don't have an opinion yet because I'm only a bit way through. It's just very, very. His I love the perspective. If I was going to have a do a podcast, you know, I'd love to have on my team to argue religion. Stephen Fry. I've never have heard him. Talk, have you heard talk, Stephen okay. Fry talk about religion? It's he's it, it. I couldn't. I couldn't argue or debate the way that he could anyway. Yeah, he's super but, smart. Same as Russell Brand's super smart yeah. debater, right? He's mm-hmm. like his his vocabulary is just insane. It's, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's when he's going Joe like Rogan. He's the, even if you just watch him on like, I think he was on like Great British Break Off. He's just, yeah, he is so intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the topic of death, Joe, thank you very much for joining us today. What? Was that on the 
topic of <laughs> death. You're like, oh, where's this question going? We usually ask guests to plug their socials. But to plug your socials and yeah, say, my where socials can is you will never find me. <laughs> yeah. I don't want, if you want me, email Teresa, which is Teresa <laughs> at sv-marketing.co.uk. She's going to get shit now about religion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you won't find me. You won't find me. We won't. Sorry? Business. Oh, yeah. No. Just, you won't find MCS. me. MCS. <laughs> if you want me, then DM Ben. Yeah. Ben's, got yeah. my, Ben's got my number and he can WhatsApp me if anything's important. But yeah. no, I've got nothing. I'm, I'm not that kind of guy. Um, yeah, Teresa. Yeah, Joe, Joe's like, hey, you'll never catch him, you never see him. No, you'll see me if, you'll see me if you want to see me. But Or just... Oh, you like magic, aren't you? I'm not like magic. I'm just, I have no social media to plug <laughs> at all. Like, I couldn't, I have nothing to plug apart from Teresa at sv I think that's a great plug, though. I think that's UK. a very good Email her CTA, or, there yeah. you go. Or, or if you ever want to come and do some jiu-jitsu, then yeah. that's the one I'm doing. We'll get, at some stage, we'll get Ben and Lucy on the mat and do something like that. I have to make sure there's no striking. Oh, you've done four lessons, but yeah, I right. think I'll be okay. Well, someone, <laughs> someone did call me Jackie Holden the other day, that's what I'm saying. I'll wait to see. Have you seen any videos of it yet, Cal? Yeah. Okay. What, is I'll, this, wait, I'll is wait to make judgment last year. Yeah, it's quite impressive. It's quite impressive. But yeah, no plug on socials. There you go. Okay. No I've come on, on here literally just for you guys. Well, no, it was amazing. Thank you very much. Really You're more than welcome. It. Thank you so Let's much. Let's now go into a brand meeting and yeah. talk about your brand. Now the rebrand begins. Thanks for listening, guys. Please continue to leave reviews. If you've got any questions for Joe, please leave them on the YouTube channel, which you probably will not answer, so <laughs> they'll be left in vain. I will answer. I will find it. No, I'm in Good. for it. I'll answer. I just don't, you know, my social media is at Joe it, but it's private, so if you look like a strange <laughs> like person. You're all going to get declined. Yeah. No, I will let you in if you look like a real person. <laughs> yeah. But nothing happens there. So <laughs> enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, guys.